0: You're listening to the Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 64.
1: I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Shush.
0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series Doctor Who The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Uh, guess what we're discussing today? <laughs> today we're discussing the sixth <laughs> Doctor story, <laughs> The Twin Dilemma. The Bad and the Ugly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it has
2: bad and ugly in it.
0: That's right. Uh, joining me today on the panel, as always, are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Good. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Dom. So okay, I'm gonna get this right out there right
1: now. I'm gonna blame you both for making me watch this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, to
1: quote, to quote uh, David Tennant, "I'm sorry. I'm so, so, <laughs> so sorry. Sorry, sorry." I have to get that GIF <laughs> and put it on the <laughs> uh, on the, uh, uh,
0: the the post on the on our website. Oh my, yes. Let's, this- let's
1: just let's just put it this way. This was voted the worst episode. Three times in Doctor Who magazine, the <laughs> yeah. worst of all of Classic Who,
2: the worst. Wow. That- of Classic Who, that's important because I think there are some new Who's that are worse than this. Yes, I'll agree with that. Oh, we'd have to, but,
0: uh, uh, I'll have to pick your brain on what those are, uh, just, for, just for giggles. Anything come to mind?
2: Well- one, dinosaurs w- on I'm a spaceship
1: really... is one I would count.
2: OK, dinosaurs on a spaceship is really horrible. Also, the one that's set in the terrifying hotel where they have the Minotaur. Oh, I yes. forget the name the, of it, the, but the faith stealing Minotaur. <laughs> I mean, that one's just awful. Yeah, right. Um, the Krampus. Oh, and obviously, a- Aliens of London and World War Three with the Slitheen. <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, but in all of those. The doctor was pre- was fine. <laughs> it's in yeah. this one the doctor is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get exactly. into it. First let's well, let me play this well. Uh, go ahead. Okay, go uh, ahead. I was just going to well, play the sound of the trailer then we could talk about uh the the yeah. specifics of this one.
2: I can sense some massive danger threatening the universe. So these are your
1: prodigies.
2: Once they have served me, I shall have no further use for them. That's it, of course, the children. Asmael,
0: you old dog. I am no
2: longer master of Joconda, but I can still save my people. You must be faced by some unimaginable disaster. Giant gastropods. Now, we're gonna bring those
1: two planets into orbit around Joconda.
2: What? the risks must be taken it's not a risk as this is doomsday investor's colonization is not of this planet but the universe nowhere would be safe from invasion
0: so the uh, the planet as discussed in this uh, is Jakonda, not wakanda as you may have uh, heard in the uh, new Black Panther movie, <laughs> it is <chicken>. instead <laughs> of Black
2: Panthers we have Black
1: Bird people. <laughs> Black,
0: yeah. Yes, very strange. So uh, now, one thing I want to point
1: out before we get onto the plot one thing I want to point out too is you know we, we we talk about this being the worst episode. It's all the more worse if you remember we watched the caves of Andrazani considered yeah, one is of the best, the best. Right. one of the best. And then you have this.
0: Right, this immediately follows that. The, this is the next season first episode. No, it's not even next Ooh, season. It's know. the next week. Oh, was it really yeah, Our generation the generation was next week. towards the
2: end of the season, but it wasn't oh, the what? end of the season. Right. What they did was they had uh, Peter Davison all the way through. He's the cricket doctor all the way yes. through the end of his season, except the last for the last serial, which then he regenerates into Colin Baker with the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And um, and that's the last season uh, the last serial of that season. And so um, they introduced the new doctor, which is kind of an interesting idea to give us a story with the new doctor before we have the long gap to wait. Right. Because like the, right now, yeah. we've just had the, uh, you know, the regeneration of Peter Capaldi and we're going to wait a year or more before mm-hmm. we get to see any Jodie Whittaker stories. Well, and, and they did something different here by immediately giving people at least one Colin Baker story to tide them over. Right. At least the, that was the theory.
1: And the only other time they did this was um, regen- the first regeneration. Yeah. So, "Power of the Daleks" was the final episode of the third season. I guess it was.
2: Okay. So yes. The
1: first, so yeah. So he uh, Troutman. Uh, excuse me. I'm, From William Hartnell into Patrick Hart- Troutman. Troutman. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. But yeah, so, it was. He was. It was during the season. It was not at the end of the season.
0: So, uh, well, this this um, it aired uh, March 1984, um, and it
2: is four. As you mentioned, four episodes uh, for. Parts here, um, and I think we heard the entirety of one of them in that trailer. <laughs> that was a remarkably long trailer. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it was only a minute long. It was only a minute long. Oh, really? Yeah. It seemed long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so did this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the so the the very first story of the Sixth Doctor, with, and it features this, uh, the, his companion is Perry, um,
2: right? Uh, which, Who's very new. She's only been in two stories up to now, right? Um, and what is the plot? <laughs>
0: which, so essentially you have uh, this uh, race of giant gastropod, which is, I guess, what, snail people.
2: S- yeah. Slugs. Yeah. Kind of slug people. Gastropod means stomach foot. So it's anything that travels on its using its stomach as a foot. So <laughs> snails, slugs, things like that. So,
0: so an unpleasant uh, race of beings who have taken over a planet called Jakanda, Um and
2: it's, Which is inhabited by bird
0: people By bird, Yes, uh, f- uh, they look They're humanoid, but they have feathers um, And dark skin
2: And, and jet black skin yeah. I mean, j- not not human black But jet black Right. And actually, so let's talk about the costumes for a second Of the aliens, we'll get to the doctors I'm sure <laughs> Um, The aliens, now people today Look at this and say, oh, this is This is, you know, lame These costumes are lame And I don't really mind them. You know, Mm. I I think the bird people are actually kind of interesting. Uh, You know, they have like feathers where their hair would be. And so they'll have like feathered hair on their heads, feathered mustaches, feathered beards. That's kind of neat with the jet black skin. And they accentuate like make them pointy. They have like pointy noses and little horns and kind of like, I guess, an owl's are meant to look, but they're really more horn like. So they they're kind of exotic. I mean, I kind of like them. Uh, the slug character has a mask over most of its face, which interferes with the acting a little bit. But you know, for for nineteen eighties children's TV budgets, this I don't mind these. They're not bad.
0: When, if you when you go back and you watch other nineteen eighties era stuff especially sci-fi stuff <laughs> you're not getting a whole lot better than this in fact the first no. couple seasons or first season of star trek the next generation which oh, was like a year or two after this but that wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't much more than this so it you know a lot of rubber masks and bumpy foreheads so you know it's not the, the as far as that goes that's not it's not that bad um but uh we have uh, the Doctor's ridiculous outfit. So he, so we've just had this regeneration the caves of Androzani, and the Doctor pops up, and he's still wearing, of course, the the Fifth Doctor's outfit. Uh, and then we have this, which,
2: which they've slid in the back, so Peter, so Colin Baker could get into it.
0: Right, right. Uh, and then we, that he decides he needs a a change of outfit and puts on this clown
2: outfit, this crazy <laughs> thing, and I'm. <laughs> well- well first and this is so this is this has been pointed out that it's really it's some kind of biological imperative Time Lords have as soon as they regenerate they have to have like an extreme makeover. Yeah. And the clothes become the obsession for every right. every, every time the doctor regenerates <laughs> clothes are the immediate thing he's got to zero in on. And um and and in here as as in some other cases we have some callbacks. To yep. previous doctor costumes um, he picks up the second doctor's coat and the third doctor's smoking jacket yep. um, and you know briefly entertains them but then he gets this bizarre coat that's made out of swatches of wildly different colors and and patterns of fabric and apparently, If you watch the DVD extras, um, the uh, Russell Davies, uh, not Russell Davies. um, Oh, I'm blanking on the show. John John Nathan Turner. John Nathan Turner. um, Thank you. Uh, John Nathan Turner told the costume designer, to make a really tasteless costume. And the doctor had had some extreme costumes before. I mean, he's always had bizarre costumes, but like Tom Baker with the 15-foot scarf, you know, that was kind of bizarre. And so he was looking for something to kind of top that. And he said, make something really tasteless. And the costume designer had trouble doing that. And finally, finally just drew the most outlandish things she could think of and said, oh, something like this. And he said, yes, that's it. And and so they <laughs> made this bizarre costume and it's really been hated by fans. Personally, I don't really mind it. I can. It's OK for me with me for the doctor to dress bizarrely. Um, so I don't really mind the costume that much. It's interesting, though, Colin Baker has said that he really hated the costume. And actually he wanted, even though Christopher Eccleston didn't exist yet as a doctor, um, he wanted to dress like Christopher Eccleston. He wanted like a dark leather jacket. Mm. And um, so he wanted the opposite end uh, and have a very understated costume compared to this. But then they did let him do one little thing as his own personal touch on the costume. he he, the actor, Colin Baker, added the little kitty cat pin, oh, sure. that he wears. Yeah. and wh- they went through a number of different kitty cat pins over the different stories
0: so uh, um they actually at least in this in the story, they kind of nod at that this is this garish, crazy outfit. you know, P- Perry tells him you can't go outside looking like that. And he takes great offense yeah. at this. Um, uh, let's let's kind of get into this the the, the relationship. The, the more importantly, the relationship that we see here between the doctor and Perry. The doctor in this episode, I'm going to lay right out there. He's a jerk. He is a super big, arrogant jerk, loser who I do not like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm baffled at the idea that you would take the doctor in this direction, even for like you know, even if it's regeneration madness. It was over the
1: top. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Well, it's, again, right. again, that's that's quite the contrast from Peter Davidson, who was about as close to Doctors My Boyfriend as you could get for classic Who.
2: Right. Yeah, he was genuinely nice. Sometimes well, a little and, naive, and, sometimes a little uh, yeah. and sarcastic. It, vulnerable, but, helpless. And again, yeah. contrasting with Caves
0: of Androzani. The doctor literally just gave his life to save Perry from this awful situation like he who who he had only just met. Right. Right. And now we have this doctor who almost immediately starts strangling the poor girl for the the smallest infraction. (laughs) Uh, He mocks her uh, when she's reluctant to. To explore this other ship that they discovered that could kill them both, he calls her a faint-hearted girl, a coward. Criticizes her for wanting to leave uh, the this this pilot that they discovered to die. I mean, just just over and over, like again and again. I, I wouldn't have blamed her. If she said, "Look, you know what? You go do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to go sit in the TARDIS until you are ready to take me home." <laughs> because I yeah, mean, he was. Yeah. I, I mean, I I don't want to
2: overdo it, but I mean, the, he was a real jerk. <laughs> um, yeah. And partly it's regeneration madness and instability. Uh, And he has—they explain this in this episode that he has—and they don't do it this way on other occasions. But here he like has these fits of madness, where one of them he tries to strangle her. Another he just collapses and is cringing in paranoid fear. Mm-hmm. Um And he explains that he's going to have these episodes as a result of the regeneration, but they're going to become less frequent and less severe over time. And they they kind of play that out over these four stories. So by the end, he's more or less stabilized. Uh, he's still totally unlikable, but at least those momentary fits have gone away. Yeah. Um. Why don't we talk about the casting okay. of Colin Baker and why they went in this direction? Um, so Colin Baker had actually been on the show before. He was kind of like Peter Capaldi. Um, he had been in an earlier episode set on Gallifrey during Peter Davison's era, and he played a uh, security guard on Gallifrey, a, or security official on Gallifrey, who who you know like held a gun on Peter Davison and was tasked with executing him. Um, and so he, Colin Baker has subsequently joked that's the way to, to get the job on Doctor Who is kill your predecessor. Um, <laughs> but, but the actual reason he got the job is because um, he he was part of the, some of the same social circles as um, John Nathan Turner. And John Nathan Turner was considering who to cast. And one of the things that's been pointed out about The Doctors is – Every doctor is cast as a reaction to the previous doctor. Mm. So you have Stern William Hartnell, whimsical Patrick Troughton, whimsical Patrick Troughton. Then you have elderly statesman, statesman like uh, John Pertwee. You have statesman like John Pertwee, zany Tom Baker, zany Tom Baker, nice Peter Davison, nice Peter Davison, arrogant Colin Baker. And so it's like the odd, even Star, War, Star Trek movies. Um, <laughs> each doctor is a reaction to the previous one. And since they'd had a really nice doctor, they wanted to go to the other extreme. The idea was they were going to warm him up over time. Now, this is a really stupid idea for building an audience. You don't yeah. start with an unlikable main character. They tried this again with Peter Davison, and it really Peter hurt. Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Peter Capaldi. And it really hurt the ratings of the series. So this is just a dumb idea. They've tried it twice. I hope they don't do it again. But um, John Nathan Turner was at a wedding and he saw and Colin Baker happened to be at the same wedding. So they were at the, you know, the reception, the after party for the wedding. And on that occasion, Colin Baker apparently just had everybody in stitches. Um, He was he was, you know, outgoing and kind of loud and holding forth among all these people and just really entertained everybody. And coming away from that, John Nathan Turner said, that's my doctor. Um, others have questioned whether a single experience of a guy at a, at a wedding reception is really the, the ba- a good basis for casting a character like this. Um, but he got the part and, you know, they wanted him to be this Really loudmouth, initially unlikable guy that they would eventually warm the audience up to, but things took a disastrously wrong turn.
0: Uh, yes, disastrous is the <laughs> right uh, right reference. Uh, you know, the uh, I, I was just looking at a note uh, on the TARDIS wiki. It noted that when we talk about these polls, in one of these polls, it voted "Caves of Androzani number one best episode of, of Doctor Who. And this was the least, uh, got the least votes. uh, So basically, bookending the charts. Um, So I just want to point that out. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Colin Big. By by the
2: way, go ahead while we're while we're trash talking the 6th doctor i want to distinguish that from trash talking colin baker because colin baker is actually a pretty nice guy and he did i think he was handed a bad part and mm-hmm. did the best with it that he could um he is a kind of a bombastic guy but he he was working with a flawed character right. here and yeah. act, and he's been better since leaving the show, because Big Finish has done loads of Six Doctor stories, Mm. and he is much more likable. They've written him as a better character in Big Finish, and he's actually won some polls of, you know, favorite doctors in Big Finish. Mm. So he's there's a general consensus that the TV show gave him terrible scripts, and he did the best he could with them, and Big Finish has given him much better scripts, and he comes across as a much better character.
1: You know, I've I've heard I don't remember where I read this, but I've heard that he really is an excellent actor. You know, he is a a, he's a top notch actor. And maybe the fact that he was able to pull anything out of the Sixth doctor is proof of that. I don't know. But it's kind of a shame because it could have been so much better, especially as Big Finish would show uh, that he could be could have been so much better as a doctor and so much better as a character.
0: Well, while we're still talking about the Sixth Doctor, I remember when we t- when we talked about the regeneration uh, of of this doctor, uh, that it, it, he wasn't even in that episode, the Colin Baker. No, uh, it, you, right. We talked about it before. Could you uh, uh, refresh my memory of what it is, like why he w- wasn't even in that? Is it because of it, he just yeah. soured so much on this portrayal of how, what With, they gave him? W-
2: what no not not exactly. What happened was so Doctor Who in Peter Davison's era had been really popular, and um, and then when they brought in Colin Baker, they had this disastrous first. I mean, actually, the regeneration where he sits up and says, "Oh, change," and not a moment too soon, you know. And he kind of disses his previous incarnation, and then they have this really horrible story, which ends uh, with the Doctor um, telling Perry. I'm the doctor now, whether you like it or not. (laughs) And it's like a huge up yours to the fans. And that was the last line. That was the last line of the season. Yeah. And so then you had to wait another season. Well, people didn't come back. And so the ratings suffered a big hit. The BBC, which always had been skittish about Doctor Who, they weren't big sci-fi fans in the upper echelons of the BBC. Um, And they'd been looking for a reason to get rid of the show. And uh, Colin Baker's next season didn't go well. The ratings were bad, and they announced a um, a hiatus for the series. Fans thought they were this was a kind of soft cancellation. They were just never going to come back from the hiatus, and so they made a big hullabaloo The fans made a big hullabaloo. They released a a hilarious um, forty five record. Uh, called Doctor in Distress that Colin Baker actually participated in recording. Um, Hilarious, intentionally or hilariously bad? No, hilariously bad. <laughs> and Colin has said he regrets it. Um, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's like Doctor in Distress. Let's all answer his SOS. Um, it's it's really awful. But the BBC backpedaled and said, No, no, no. This is just a temporary hiatus to retool the show and make it better. It's going to come back after 18 months, and then when it did come back, um, they had a 16-episode f- story called Trial of a Time Lord, and which was a choice on the part of the showrunners because they said, we're on trial for our lives as a series. Let's reflect that in the story we're telling. So they had the Time Lords put Colin Baker's doctor on trial over a kind of a series of four linked stories. And, um, and, and then... He's vindicated at the end of the trial. And at that point, the BBC said, you know what? Um, Three years is the right amount of time to have a doctor. (laughs) Even though Colin Baker had gone, uh, Tom Baker had gone seven and other doctors had gone longer. The BBC decided three years is an appropriate time to have a doctor. And Colin Baker, you've been the doctor for three years. And he said, but it's only two seasons because of the massive 18 month gap in there. And they said, oh, no, but it's still three years. So your services are no longer required, except we would like you to come back and do a regeneration story. And he said, well, I could come back and do a regeneration most of a season for you. And they said, nope, just a single story. And he said, thanks. No, thanks. I'm out. Yeah, Yep. I probably would have made the same
0: decision uh, being treated that way.
2: Big Finish, incidentally, has given him a full-blown regeneration story that leads into what we see on camera. It's called "The Sixth Doctor: The Last Adventure." Okay.
0: So, and in some ways, this might have been the the impetus to the the end of the classic Who. This might have been yeah. this, this 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 particular story might have been that
1: the, that, this, I've, the, I've the seen downturn. A, I've seen a couple of I've seen a couple of websites that have claimed just that that this was really the start of the end for classic Who. Yeah. Okay.
2: They they pu- started to pull out of the nosedive with um, Sylvester McCoy's doctor, but a lot of damage had been done by that point, and it didn't last too long.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> um, all that, and we, we were not really even talking about this episode because it's just not a whole
2: lot to talk about. But let's let's talk about some <laughs> okay. of the things that come up. We have these. It, it's kind of a keystone episode, so it's worth talking about its impact on its legacy on the series. Exactly. Wars. Exactly.
0: So the, as far as the story itself, we have these these two um, disrespectful brats. I mean, uh, twin brothers. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. If you're gonna have the double unsympathetic MacGuffin,
0: yes. You know, if you're gonna have twin boys, don't name them Romulus
2: and Remus. That's just that is that's just <laughs> asking for it. <laughs> And- I could forgive that, but snooty bath- mathematical boy geniuses. Ugh. I've had this nightmare before <laughs> right. on this show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, we, right. Uh, what was his name? Um, uh, the, the Adric. Adric right. Uh, I've, yeah. I've only yeah. uh, seen him in uh, one uh, episode, but uh, apparently, he, he's the the Will Wheaton of of Doctor Who. Um,
2: yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So, um, what I want to know is what is the twin dilemma? We've obviously got twins. So that's the twin part. What's the dilemma? I mean, there's just some drama that surrounds them, but I don't, I don't, the, I, it, they never sink the plot in a, into the twins in a way that makes the title clear to me. Well, what, what's their importance? They're good at math. Uh, you don't have
0: computers, um, and yeah, and there's some well, vague reference to the fact that when they do math, it actually has effects in the real world, sort of like a magical
2: thing. Yeah. Um, oh, they've set that up before. Well, that that's happened before on Doctor.
0: Right. We saw that in the uh, the the the, Logopolis. the the fourth. Yeah, uh, Legopolis. So, but they never actually. To take that home they never make that point that's what i'm gonna kind of, kind of say like so they kind of reference it and then they're they need they're needed to do some math so that jaconda can have a planet a moon or a planet made into its moon yeah. or something so, so it's
2: very vague yeah so what's what's to kind of encapsulize it the giant slug whose name I don't remember, but the giant slug wants to use the twin mathematical boy geniuses to come up with the math necessary to move a couple of outer planets in the same solar system into the same orbit as Jaconda. And that's the theory. But really what he wants to do is by moving those planets, he's going to cause some kind of stellar explosion that will scatter his evil slug eggs all over the universe so he can take over the universe with his offspring. Mm.
0: Uh, of course, physics being what it is, those eggs would take uh, thousands and thousands of years to get to the Billions close- of years, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. I mean, just even to get to the closest <laughs> solar system. Yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll yeah. wave a hand at that. It's science fiction. Um, but yeah, so in the meantime, so this Professor Edgeworth, who turns out to be a time lord named Asmael, uh, kidnaps these... Fake Hebrew name. <laughs> yes.
2: kidnap not real Hebrew. Right.
0: Uh, it reminds me of Azrael from the... the, uh, the Smurfs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah. So they, he kidnaps these twins uh, to take them to... He... what In Edgeworth or Asmael... We, He's working for the slot. But he used to be the, the master of Jakonda. He used to be this time lord who ran a planet. But... Uh,
1: Benevolent ruler who, yeah, ran the planet or whatever. Yeah.
0: Again, he another- retired as
1: a time lord. He retired as a time lord, and became a president, basically.
2: <laughs> another thing mm-hmm. we've waved a hand at. Um, and and he's also a figure from the doctor's past. The doctor at one point refers to him as his best or finest teacher. Right.
0: Um, again, yet another time lord that we, that we run into, uh, like we did a, f- a few weeks ago with um, Shada, uh, a time lord oh sort of mentor from the past. Professor Kronidus, yeah. uh, I I
1: love the story, though, where last time uh, the Doctor and and Asmael were together, they got Asmael so drunk they had to throw him in a fountain to sober up.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So uh, Asmael kidnaps the twins. They they have a stopover on the asteroid Titan 3 for something. Um, They had been pursued by the protection service, the pursuit service uh, of Earth, uh, these sort of uh, Earth policemen. Um, they get in a battle. They destroy most of them. Uh, one of the pilots survives. The, the doctor s- rescues the pilot. Um, and then they pursue them to Jakonda. And then this whole um, series of events where the doctor figures out about the eggs and we end up uh, defeating the gastropods. Um,
2: I mean, that's r- yeah, kind of what happens. He's, he's like cutting open one of those he's cutting open one of those eggs with a knife. It's like, dude, this is an intelligent creature. This is an unborn slug baby. You're cutting open here. Right. right. Trying to cut open, trying right. to cut open. He
1: never yes. does
0: because it's yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 eggs are, are, have been toughened to survive a planetary explosion. Um, yeah. I mean, just some of the things I just, I, I don't really have a c- coherent, uh, <laughs> notes on this to the whole episode. I have a few like impressions. Um, the the police this police officer they rescue they kind of leave him alone in the TARDIS which seems like a bad idea. Uh, but they've taken away the yeah. power pack of his gun and hid it in a shirt or jacket in the the Doctor's wardrobe, which I'm not sure.
1: It's a really cool shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, which, which like, happens to be the one the guy grabs too. Well, yeah. it's <laughs>
0: this bizarre. It's like it's worse than the Doctor's jacket if it's if that's even <laughs> possible. This shiny, me- shiny. metallic it's multicolored multicolored lame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just so but like why is this guy playing dress up in the doctor's wardrobe <laughs> like, like he just yeah. he just needed to feel pretty for a while i just don't understand what why that what that was about um and then he was injured yeah okay so he, maybe he needed uh his uniform was, was was uh was messed up and he needed new clothes or something I, I don't know yeah um and that's where he finds the power pack and gets it back i mean just this sort, series of sort of implausible
2: bad things like bad ideas yep um and bad dialogue. There's one moment where the boy geniuses are are talking about when they've realized what's going on. One of them says, Our genius has been abused. <laughs> it's like, What? <laughs> Our genius has been abused? That's the way you express the thought? Oh, just, oh.
0: yes, the script was terrible. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, you know, another point, the doctor is like all in self pity and he just becomes so thoroughly unlikable. We've kind of dis- discussed that, but yeah. just this, oh, uh, um, and then at one point, uh, I don't know, if, no, so you can you tell me if I'm wrong, but for me, Mestor, which is this this gastropod leader, yeah, apparently yep, is the first creature I've seen, I've seen, who can enter the TARDIS without the doctor's permission or a key.
1: He just thinks about it and it happens.
0: Yeah. Is this is this the, the first time
2: that, it, the only time this happens? I think there have been other occasions where people teleported into the TARDIS. Okay. In fact, I know there have been. Um yep. In Tom Baker's era, shortly before the end, um, the Keeper of Trocken was able to uh, materialize in the TARDIS. OK, so in the
0: New Who, as far as I'm aware, this the, the, it's an element of the mythology that no one can get inside the TARDIS without the doctor's
1: permission or a key. Uh So that the combined uh, hordes of Genghis Khan can't break through that door, and they've tried, right? Right, I I think that's,
2: I think that I, I don't know that there's a difference there. I think that the TARDIS is immune to physical invasion, but if someone like comes in from another dimension, they can get inside of it. Like the master could materialize his TARDIS inside the doctors and stuff,
0: okay? Okay, um. All right. So that's not necessarily a, a, a violation uh, that I can attribute to this episode. Um, and, you know, somehow
1: they, he somehow he psychically picks the lock. That's what happens.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could pick out there's a lot of continuity errors or just bad production errors. I could pick, pick out. Um, uh, the, the, the They're oh. on the ruined jaconda and you can see trees and grass in the background
2: and that sort of thing yeah um, one 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 moment that I just thought was ridiculous is a point where uh, our space pilot captain is holding bird people at gunpoint and he's got he's holding a gun on them and they've just lost one of their guns it's kind of scattered you know across the floor and he says to them, you might just reach that gun before I can kill you, but I doubt it. And it's like you could have pulled the trigger and killed him in less time than it took to say that sentence. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. You mean you, the guns that they're, they're guns? You mean the the painted uh, hot glue guns? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> those, right. Were, those were those are literally just painted hot glue guns. My mom had the exact same model when I was a kid. About that time. Oh, funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> also, the slug gets a line at one point where he's talking to the doctor and he says, I have said that you will cease to exist, but you will not die.
1: <laughs> it's like, what?
2: <laughs> you're, you're not going to exist, but you're still going to be alive. And, the, and so they kind of make that clearer as they go along that he's going to inhabit the doctor's body. And so the doctor as a personality is going to cease to exist, even though his body's going to live. But just the right. line itself is bizarre.
0: I think I think I must have faded out somewhere in the part four of this because I there there are (laughs) elements I I just I missed I guess Um, so the the one the actually one thing question I I had and I don't know if you guys know the answer this the director of this episode is Peter Moffat do we know if there's any relation
1: I went and looked there isn't he this director of this episode spells his name with two T's. Stephen Moffat spells his last name with one.
0: Okay. Okay. Just a of- I I, I did
1: some research and I could find absolutely no connection between the two of them.
0: Okay. Good. Thank you.
2: Um, Anything else to say about this? Peter Moffat had... What? what? uh, Oh, let's see. Um, (laughs) So the doctor actually kills the villain in this one. Right. Yep. Um, That's a little unusual to actually have a deliberate, you know, slug aside from the doctor. Um, And attempts to kill a, a,
0: a... a companion, which, apart from the destruction of Chameleon, yeah, it's it's the only time he ever does that. Yeah.
2: You've got some jumping around of personalities in different bodies. I didn't know why Nestor couldn't or Mester, whatever his name is, couldn't just jump to a different body. Right. Um, Because he's controlling these other people. Why can't he get in one of their bodies? Right. We've established that uh, he can have- do this. So why aren't we do it? Why doesn't he do it? Yeah, uh, we've got some ridiculous uh, physical action. There's one point where a guy punches a Birdman in the stomach, and it's like a tap rather than a punch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Asmael ends up sacrificing himself, and this I think is the first, maybe the first, uh, Time Lord non regeneration death mm-hmm. that we have seen on camera. Um, the War Master at the end of um. Patrick Troughton's time was a Time Lord who did die, but he was, like, executed. And this is the first time we've seen, like, a death in the wild that was a true Time Lord death. Okay. Um, this And Asmail said he had, he had run out of regenerations. Uh, he was so old. Yeah, he'd him. run out of... Yeah. Right. Um, there's an interesting uh, little bit... Uh, At the end where the doctor is talking to Perry about his previous incarnation, because she points out your previous self was like way nice and compared to you. Mm -hmm. And the sixth doctor says, yes, but at such a cost, I was on the verge of becoming neurotic which, you know, is kind of a nonsense line. But yes. I guess it's an attempt to somehow psychologically harmonize the two characters by suggesting that Peter Davidson was under some terrible strain <laughs> from being nice. Um, and then we get the, the big I am the doctor, whether you like it or not line. And that's the disaster of that. I mean, just imagine, and I owe this to um, the YouTube channel Council of Geeks, Uh, Mm -hmm. there's the guy who does that has some insightful doctor who reviews and, um, he pointed out, just imagine if at the end of Jody Whitaker's first story, Jody Whitaker said to, I am the doctor, whether you like it or not. I mean, just imagine (sighs) how fans would lose their minds. Well, over that. I mean, and it,
1: you know, and it's it's obvious who he was talking to, because of course they zoomed the camera in right in it, and he's looking right at the camera. I'm the yeah. doctor, whether you like it or not. I mean, it's not like he was looking off camera at Perry. It's I'm looking right at you, audience. And if you don't like yeah. it, too bad. Yeah. Um also
2: one of the things, and this ties into something you were saying at the beginning, Dom. Uh, you know, the doctor is thoroughly unlikable. He does have these flipping back and forths to different moods because of the regeneration madness. But the thing is, he never flips to being likable. <laughs> he never flips to being a good person the best he ever gets is insufferably smug yes <laughs> and and that's the problem it's not the regeneration madness it's yeah. that at his best he is insufferably smug
0: well and yeah. that's the difference I think between this and what they did with Peter Capaldi's first season where's where where uh, you know it's it I'll I'll grant the argument that maybe they went too far uh, with him as well but there were moments where he was he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't unlikable. Uh, I mean, they, they they made,
2: you know, there were times he was to me. Well, there were moments he wasn't unlikable.
0: right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. it wasn't unrelieved. It was there were there were moments of you know, where he, he, he had flashes of the oh, the, the old the old doctor and his relationship with Clara. And and that mm-hmm. sort of nice yet a few nice moments and where you had hints of that so they could it, it was Better, better written, obviously. Uh, whereas this is just, yeah, like you said, it's just no. there's no point in this episode where, where I'm thinking, this is a you know, the, the, here's the Doctor I remember. There's hints of this, you know, Colin Baker or uh, I mean, um, Peter Davison or Tom Baker or any of the the previous Doctors that those those humanizing moments. And in fact, they emphasize at one point the mm-hmm. fact that these he's because he's a Time Lord, he has no compassion. Uh, I mean. <laughs> just it's just my
1: sensibilities are different than yours because i'm an alien basically
0: right and and and, and that's like you said that's a disaster you have a a popular doctor who re- regenerates and then you just come in and shove it in the uh, in the fan's face it's just it's a very odd choice and i would love to to kind of understand what was in the mind of the of the showrunners to to make this this decision i mean did uh, whether they felt like the fans were going to reject this
2: regeneration or something
0: like that, it was just it's a very odd decision. Um,
2: so uh, I, I, one of many bad decisions made by John Nathan Turner, yeah, yeah, in this era of the show. He made some good decisions too, but but th- he started to make a series of really disastrous decisions, and this was one of them exactly.
0: okay. So uh, is there anything left to be said about this episode? Have we thoroughly, thoroughly uh, drained it of any uh, of anything that's worth talking about?
2: Uh, no, I think well, it's good that we talked about it. I mean, we it, it, it's nice when we talk about episodes we like, but it also makes for good listening when we talk yeah. about episodes we don't. Right.
1: If, if there's one good thing about this
2: episode, it was only a four-parter
0: that's that's true that's yeah. true <laughs> yeah. i was saying
1: that when i was watching it's only four parts uh well, well and i looked also, at my this i looked at my seminarian friend eric you know the, he was staying with me here and he's i said we got through the first half i was like don't worry we're only half done <laughs> well one of the things that, uh,
0: that it's the the value of watching this is to contrast it with other from um, post-regeneration episodes well, what how how does the show handle other first episodes of a new doctor and, and sort of make that contrast and it's a, it, it can be interesting how they handle that switchover and I, I find it's unique to doctor who because you just don't have this sort of uh changeover of the main character like you you know in anything else and so it's interesting to see how it's been handled differently over time so if anything else that's that's the value of talking about it well, uh that's I, guess, I suppose that's it from us. Um is there anyone out there who liked this? Did you like this episode and we're totally wrong? <laughs> I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the person who who liked this episode and t- tell us we're wrong because maybe we are and 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 you have an insight for us. But uh, so tell us what you think of the six this six doctor episode, the twin dilemma. Uh, by visiting us at sqpn.com or going to the secrets of dr who facebook page uh leave us some feedback or or you can send us an email to dr who at sqpn.com i know we had people who disagreed with us on our assessment of uh the uh uh Slitheen episodes um World mm-hmm. War 3 and uh, aliens, aliens of London. Yeah, so if you you know if you disagree with us on this I'm, i would love to hear from you. So uh, you can find links to all our personal social media and websites on our show notes at sqpn.com and uh, We'll, we'll be back next time. I'm not sure what we're going to be reviewing after this. My mind has kind of gone blank. Uh, I'm not sure we have something <laughs> scheduled. We, we have to decide. Yes, we have to decide. Okay. We're, so, we're But we'll have something good. But um, until then, uh, Jimmy Akin, thank you for joining me in sharing this uh, episode of the uh, Secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Tom. And Father Corey, thank you as well. Thank you very much. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening. And remember... It's called Compassion, and it's the one difference between us and Time Lords. When will I see you again? Uh, Soon, I expect. Or later. One of those...